Wow, isn't it good to be in the presence of the Lord here tonight? You may be seated. <clears throat> so good to be in the presence of the Lord. You know, so many times we gather together like this, and I think sometimes we fail to really recognize what the gathering's all about. We know we gather together because the Bible commands it, but why does it command it? The Bible tells us that we are to fellowship, to come together, to have the kononia one toward another, and how vitally it is important for the believers to gather into the house of the Lord. And we come in and say, this is a service rendered for us to glorify God, and it is. But the truth of the matter is, is this. There are two equal uh, conditions that's upon this service. Number one, this service would be useless if God wasn't here. Amen? Number two, this service would be useless if you weren't here. Because man is the very a very supreme creature of God's creation, crowned with glory, crowned with honor, crowned with dominion in the very beginning. Man may have sinned, but Christ, the second Adam, came and has now allowed us to be redeemed and brought back and purchased to where the dominion and the crown of glory is placed back upon our head. And so God's whole intended purpose for us to gather is for one reason. He set us up so that he might minister to us. Amen? That's why we're here. We're not here just to fellowship. We're not here just to enjoy good music. And you know, even though we're here to worship him, and that is a vital importance that we preach on, yet it is equally important to allow the creator to have his will with the creation. To where... I feel the Holy Ghost. I don't know what it is, but I just got an anticipation here tonight that God really wants to connect with his creation. That's why he brought us together so that he might have his will in our lives and minister to us. Isn't that wonderful? The psalmist said, who is man that thou art mindful of him or the son of man that thou wouldst even visit him? Why, why are you even mindful of us, God? Because he loves us. We're the supreme creature of his creation. And he would rather die than live without us. Because that's why he sent his son. His son died so that we would live with him and he could live with us. That we'd never be separated. That we would never have to, have to be completely annihilated because of our sin. But we who were sinners don't have to any longer be judged with sin because of the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And now, according to his righteousness, he wants to move among the brethren. He wants to bless the saints. He wants to give us the breath of God again afresh and anew. He wants to touch sick bodies. He wants to heal deaf ears. I got a little granddaughter. I'm just anticipating just any moment. She's going, what in the world is all that sound? Amen. She's going to be healed. Amen. Folks, uh, I believe that. If I don't have that hope, then I'm a man most miserable. Amen. But I can give you the reason of the hope that lies within me. And that hope is Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. And we're here tonight to allow God to minister to us. We're going to minister to Him. That's our obligation as well. But you can't even minister to Him properly until you first of all allow Him to minister to you. Amen. 
We want to be recipients of his grace, do we not here tonight? I've so thoroughly enjoyed our little time that we've had together with Brian Matthews, our guest speaker tonight. Wasn't that an awesome sermon this morning? Oh my goodness, yes. Yes. A little jealous. Some of the people were saying, man, that's the best sermon I've ever heard. I just said, that sucker won't ever come back. I'll tell you that for here. I'm joking. You know, my, my heart is this. There's no ounce of jealousy or intimidation about me. Everybody I get, I want to get, I always want to get somebody that can out-preach me. I want the best for you. And we got one of the best here tonight. But he's of no value whatsoever if you don't yield to the process of the Holy Spirit. Allow the Holy Ghost to touch you tonight. <laughs> just, let, just let the Lord bless you. Just, just let him come over you just like poured out rain. I love that scripture. Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as wool. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be white as snow. And when I think about that, and I think about how that he gives us the invitation of come to take a bath with fuller soap, how wonderful it is to take a, a bath after a hard day's work and get all clean and refreshed. Haven't you ever got in the presence of God and you just feel like you've been bathed? Are you ready for that? Then we're going to allow the Holy Spirit to reign on us tonight. Father, right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, with every hand lifted up, it's a sign of surrender. It's right now. This, this congregation is ready for the preached word of God. We'll not take the preached word of God for granted tonight, but we'll listen. We'll pay attention. We'll be attentive. And God, we want to... Uh, take the word of God and allow it to minister to our deep inner being, Father. To let that word, God, be, be like, uh, like the fuller soap that it'll wash us and cleanse us tonight, Father. I pray, Father, that as Pastor Brian Matthews comes, that our hearts would be open, that our spirits would be yielded, and our hearts would turn toward allowing you to have your way as the sovereign God in our midst. We're your creation. You are the creator. And we humbly submit and bow to you today, saying, rain on us, Holy Spirit. Rain on us in Jesus' name. Brother Brian, would you come, brother? Give him a hand as he comes. Praise God. Can we give a good God bless you to the worship team tonight? Amen. And I appreciate you coming back out here on tonight. And um, I told Pastor, I said, man, you got a great Sunday night crowd. He looked at me and said, yeah. He said, I'm surprised anybody showed up after this morning. And uh, <laughs> I told him, I said, well, that's because I didn't preach as long as you do. Blessed is he who is short-winded, for they shall always be invited back. <laughs> no, he really didn't say that, but I love aggravating him anyways. I love this first family. Amen. And uh, I do, and I appreciate them and 
the boys and Ben and John and Sam and their beautiful wives and their children and I haven't, I think I've got to meet all the grandbabies but Juliet and I haven't met her yet but I've been praying for her and uh, I just believe the Lord has got great things for her and her life and God is doing a great thing in the earth and we just got to be willing to participate with it, amen and uh, he'll show himself strong and mighty and uh, and I really it is an honor for me to be here on this weekend and and I count it an honor and a privilege to be able to stand behind this pulpit because I know not just this first family but this entire staff are great preachers of the word and uh, you can go somewhere and you can uh, know if the word is preached or not it, and uh, you can tell in this house that the word of the Lord is preached and I and I honor that and I appreciate that. And I appreciate the opportunity to come and to share the word of the Lord on tonight. We live in a culture that is, um, they love their pets. Amen. Uh, people sometimes, churches get bad raps and preachers get bad raps and they say that all the preacher wants is their money. And I tell my church all the time that you don't have enough money. I want your time, your talent, and your treasures. Amen. 10% of it belongs in the house of God. But people today, they love their pets and, you know, and people spend a lot of money on it. And the reality of it is, if you do the statistics, that people last year spent more money on dog food than came into the church in America combined. And uh, we love our pets. When I was growing up, you know, today there's uh, dogs that um, whenever I was growing up, they would be known as a mutt or a crossbreed. Uh, something that wasn't desired, something that happened by accident. But nowadays, all you have to do is put poo or doodle on the end of it and you can get $5,000 out of it. <laughs> I'm not hating on dogs. I love dogs. I got me some, Brother Randy. I got me some good dogs. They don't stay in my house. I haven't found one that good yet. But I've got some good dogs. I, I love to hunt and I squirrel hunt and coon hunt with my dogs. And, and uh, first of the year, I took some time and uh, went and hunted my dogs and and uh, I've got some good dogs. I bred them the way I wanted them so that they would hunt the way I like for them to hunt. And I, I've really been blessed with some good dogs. Do you know I have some good dogs? Amen. I do. Now, that would be bragging if I couldn't back it up. But I can back it up because I've competition hunted those dogs and I have three state champion dogs. I have two that are super grand champion. I have one that came in fourth place in the, I've got some in the world hunt. I've got some good dogs. And uh, I like my dogs. Now my dogs don't stay in the house. I don't like them that much. But I've got some good dogs. And I can tell you a little bit about them. But uh, the friends, my buddies that hunt with me, they can tell you more about the dogs than I can. They look at my dogs and somebody says, uh, 
what's that dog out of? And I can tell them who its mom and daddy is. And, and then my buddies chime in and they start telling them who the great, great, great granddaddy of, of Kate is and, and all of that. I don't care who the great, great, I just wanted to tree a squirrel, right? But they know everything. They know more about my dogs than I know about my dogs. And that got me to thinking that some people know more about where their animal came from than where they came from. Some people can tell you more about the animals that they have than they, who can tell you about who their great-great-grandfather was. And why is that important? Because you've got to know where you came from. If you do not know where you came from, then you will not know who you are and you can miss out on some blessings in your life. You might be the, the last great relative of Bill Gates, but if you don't know it, you're going to live broke, busted, and disgusted and not knowing that you're a multi-billionaire. Sometimes you have to just look at it and understand that there really is a value and an importance on it. I, I'm going to... I'm going to help somebody tonight, maybe, by God's grace. I don't know a lot about horses. I know a lot about something about dogs, but I don't know a lot about horses, but I've studied uh, for this message. I studied thoroughbred horses, and thoroughbred horses was established in 1793 in England, and they took native mares and into imported stallions from Arabia breeding, and all the modern thoroughbreds can be traced back in their pedigree back to three stallions that was imported from England in the 1700s. If you're going to race your horse in the Kentucky Derby, you can't just show up at the race and say, I would like to race my horse. But you have to prove that your horse came from one of these three stallions. Every year, there are over a hundred thousand colts registered and trace their bloodline all the way back to these three stallions that came from the 1700s. What am I saying that for? Someone thinks it's important to know where you came from, and they're keeping track of who this horse is from. It's no accident that these horses are fast. They are specifically bred for the purpose of being the fastest horses in the world. It can be very expensive to breed to these horses. Before breeding, the owners many times will go back 50 and 60 generations and they will look at how long the stride was. They'll look at the takeoff speed. They'll look at the endurance. They'll look at the leg length. They'll look at all of this information and then they will make a decision on which animals to breed to be, be able to have what they believe will be the perfect colt. The thoroughbred is a blood horse and those who have studied these bloodlines are known as blood agents, not horse traders. They don't deal in horse flesh, they deal in horse blood. The price of the horse is determined by the bloodline. The blood stock agent is not concerned about the color of the horse. 
the looks of the horse or anything to do with its appearance, they are interested in only the blood. And all that reality, all that really matters is what is in the blood. And when you buy a thoroughbred, you're investing in a bloodline. If you want to breed to a, a mare to storm cat, you can do so. He is the most expensive stud fee that has ever been. But you can take your mare to uh, storm cat and you can breed to storm cat for a mere $500,000. For half a million dollars, you are guaranteed a live colt standing. What does that mean? That means that the colt is born, it stands up, it nurses one time, and when they, that, that colt takes and nurses one time, your contract and your investment of $500,000 has been met. It doesn't matter how that colt turns out. It can even die. And the reason that it is valuable is because of what is in the blood. You, have you ever seen a, a, a horse that is just born, a colt? It is ugly. It has long legs. It is unstable. It is wobbly. It falls down. Its vision is blurred. But the bloodstock agent is not put off by its present weakness. Why? Because they know where it came from. They know that what is in the bloodline, despite the present day weakness, they know the potential that is inside of that cult. And they know that they have come from a long line of winners. And he was willing to give $500,000, not on present day achievement, but he is investing based upon past accomplishments. This colt has no claim, no credit, no achievement or record, and he is worth, worth uh, is in his heritage and in his bloodline. In that wobbly colt that comes from Stormcat, there is North Dancer, Stormbird, Native Dancer, South Ocean, Bold Ruler, Crimson Saint, what I'm saying to you is that it is a long line of world champions. Names that mean nothing to us, but they are worth what their value because of their inside of that cult is all of those winners combined on the inside of them. And I know that you say, well, you've come for a long ways to talk or brag about your dogs and talk about horses. But I've come tonight to tell you I'm not talking about a horse. I'm talking about you. You've come from a long line of winners. You've come from a long line of champions. And it doesn't matter the bloodline that you come from if you don't know where you came from. Because if you don't know where you came from and you don't know the value that is on the inside of you, then your enemy can wreak havoc in your life. But whenever you know who you are, when you know the value that is on the inside of you, when you know your bloodline and your lineage, then the devil is going to have a hard time convincing you that you are a victor and a victim and not the victor. He will have a hard time convincing you that you do not deserve uh, the best in your life because you do not know who you are. In Luke chapter 13 and verse 10, 
I thought I'd give you some scripture. Just so you'd feel like I was preaching. Luke chapter 13 and verse 10. And now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath day. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and couldn't in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, woman, you are loose from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. But when the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day, he said to the crowd, there are six days in which a man ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath day. And the Lord answered and said unto him, hypocrite, does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose your ox or your donkey from the stall and lead it away to water? So ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, think of it, for 18 years, be loose from this bondage on the Sabbath day. And when he had said these things, all his adversaries were put to shame and the multitude rejoiced for all the glorious things that he had done. For 18 years, this woman went around and was known in the village, no doubt, as hunchback. She was known as the crippled woman. She was identified by her condition. And we see that that happens all the time in our society. But when Jesus saw her, he looked beyond her condition and saw her bloodline. He went back 1,900 years in her family tree and Jesus knew that what she did not know. What Jesus knew that she did not know that in her bloodline there was an Esther. In her bloodline there was a Rahab. In her bloodline, there was a Deborah, amen. And she went all, he went all the way back and he said, this being a daughter of Abraham, ought not she understand that she is not a hunchback or a crippled woman, but that she comes from a long line of champions. Because of your bloodline, when, when you got, uh, they got angry because Jesus healed her on the Sabbath day, on a Sunday. And so they started throwing accusations at him. And he says, wait a minute. Ought not this woman being a bloodline, the daughter of Abraham, should not she be healed on today? You might read that and think that she was somebody special. You might have think that she had something glorious about her. But all she had was a heritage. All she had was a bloodline. And Jesus said, don't she deserve being in pain? She doesn't deserve to be sick. She doesn't deserve to be in this place of despair because she has a bloodline that takes her back all the way to Abraham. Glory to God. 
I believe today that when we begin to realize who we are and we understand our identity that is in Christ Jesus, then we will not allow the devil to push us around any longer, but we will know that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus that royal blood flows through our veins. We're a partaker of his divine nature. We're complete in him. We're the chosen ones. We're the called out ones. We're the predestined ones. Glory to God. We have a lineage today to stand on to know that we have a right to the things of the spirit. Amen. Gideon in Judges chapter 6 and verse 7. It says, well, let's just start in verse 11 for the sake of time. And now the angel of the Lord came and said under the uh, tree, which is at Oprah, which belongeth to Joash. And while his son Gideon threshes wheat in the wine press in order to hide from the Midianites, and the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, O Lord, the Lord is with us. Why has these things happened to us? And where is his miracles, which the fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord said to him, Turn and said, Go in the, the might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. And I have sent you. And so he said to him, oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in the Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, surely I will be with you, and you shall defend the Midianites as one man, or defeat them as one man. Gideon didn't know where he came from. He looked at it in the natural and did not understand in the spirit. And he looked and he said, my family is the weakest around and I'm the weakest that is in my family. But God, when he called him, he did not call him weak. He did not call him anemic. He called him a mighty man of valor. Why? Because he wasn't put off by his present day weakness. Huh? He, he realized the bloodline. He realized that he was somebody special in the kingdom of God. Amen. And so even though that Gideon was out there hiding behind the barn so that he would hide from his enemy, God called out of him in his present weakness. God called out of him what was on the inside of him. And I come tonight to call some things out of you that you may not even know is inside of you, but I know it's there. Why? Not because of the natural, but because of the spirit. And whenever you were born again, that spirit of God began to flow through your life. The blood of Jesus Christ was a transfer in your life. It doesn't matter for generations past have been alcoholics. You are strong in the Lord and the power of his might. It doesn't matter what the the enemy is done in your natural past the greater one lives on the inside of you then there has been a DNA change at Calvary's cross and now inside of you is a champion now inside of you is royalty now inside of you is a victor glory to God and God called Gideon and he said get up out of here because you as one man can defeat this Midianites right you got to know who you are. Nudge your neighbor and tell him you got to know who you are. 
I know who I am. Acts 17 and 28. Is this all right? Thank all three of you. Verse 28. For in him we live and we move and we have our being. And also some of you were poets have said, for we are as his offspring. You are the offspring of God. I said you are the offspring of God. Amen. Can we say that tonight? I know we can look at somebody else and say you are, but I want you to put your hand on your own self and say I am the offspring of God. Come on, let's say it again with some confidence. I am the offspring of God. You are a son. You are a daughter, hallelujah, of the most high God. I'm talking about the God who spoke into darkness and commanded the light to come forth. I'm talking about the creator of all things. I'm talking about the God that calls out of, the, out of chaos to come a cosmos. I'm talking about the God who causes dead things to come back to life. Amen. That's what's in your bloodline. That's where you came from. That's your past. That's, that's, that's who is on the inside of you tonight. It may be that you've not got what you deserve because you don't really know who you are. You're allowing the labels that people put on you to define you instead of what God is calling you by, Gideon. Because you see, people look at just the outward appearance, but God knows the bloodline. He knows what's on the inside of you. And so if you allow people to label you, they'll label you as all kinds of things. But it isn't important what other people look at the natural and see. What is important is what is in your bloodline. What is on the inside of you. Because you see, if any man be born into Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away and behold, all things have become new. Your spiritual DNA changed. Your father spoke the world into being he hung the stars in their space amen he paints every sunset he designed every flower he made man out of the dust of the earth breathe into his nostrils and that's where you came from you came from a long line of, of sea walkers you came from a long line of dead man ray you came from a long line of healing and deliverance and hope and purpose amen Man, that's where you came from. And I want to tell you today that it's time for us to return from where we came from and know who we are. Stand flat-footed in the face of the devil and say, greater is he that is in me than all of the world that has come against me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper, but every lying tongue shall be condemned in the day of judgment. Why can I stand here tonight? It's not because I think I'm all of that in a bag of chips and some government cheese it's because of the bloodline I know who I am in Christ Jesus and I lay hands on the sick and I believe them to recover I cast out devils in the name of Jesus I speak to the north and say give them up I speak to the south and say cause sons and daughters come afar and our daughters from the ends of the earth how do I do that because I know where 
where I came from and I know the bloodline. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 32. Are you ready for this? I'm going to show you where you came from. This is some of your great granddaddies. I'm going to tell you where you came from and then I'm going to take my seat. But in verse 32, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 32. And what more shall I say? For time would not fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Japheth. Also of David and of Samuel and the prophets. Do you remember them? Now listen to hear what he says they did. Through faith subdued kingdoms. That means they took down nations. Huh? Worked righteousness. Obtained promises. Stopped the mouths of lions. Quenched the violent violence of fire. Escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness were made strong. Became violent in battle. And turned the flight of the armies of the aliens. The women received their dead raised and light to life again. And others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. That's where your bloodline came from. Huh? I said, that's where, that's your family tree. What is your family tree? They subdued kingdoms. They worked righteousness. They obtained the promises. They stopped the mouths of lions. They quenched the fiery darts of the wicked. They escaped the edge of the scourge. They were made strong. That's who your family tree came from. And I'm here tonight to tell you that that is in your bloodline as a child of God. Amen. This is where you came from. This is your bloodline. Every once in a while, you need to look back in the mirror and say, you look in that mirror and say, yes, ma'am, yes, sir. I came from a long line of giant slayers. I came from a long line of spiritual giants. I came from a long line of bear slayers and hell fighters. I came from a long line of winners and overcomers. Victorious champions are in my bloodline. I came from a long line of men and women that split the seas and opened blinded eyes, raised the dead, worked miracles and set the captive free. And if they did it and it's in my blood, I'm going to do it too. Glory to God. God has called us. He has anointed us. He has equipped us. It's inside of you. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 26. I'm trying to get as much word in as Pastor Kent. For you, shall, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ, put on Christ. <laughs> and there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male or female. For you, say me. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are in Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. I'm going to say that again. And if you are in Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. And you are heirs according to the promise. 
whatever I say, I've come here to Poplar Bluff to tell somebody your royalty and don't even know it. I've come to tell somebody tonight, amen, you are from a long line of champions, amen, and you need to know tonight you were, you were designed, you were created to be a victor, to be a champion, to overcome. I know hell has been troublesome. I know the days have been dark and the nights have been long, but I want you to know that you have been designed for this. The blood that now flows through your spiritual life has given you the power and the resource sources amen to be victors over everything the fiery darts of the wicked will ever dare to throw at you you're greater than that you're victorious in every situation amen and when the enemy comes in like a flood my bible said the spirit of the lord will raise up a standard against that enemy why because i'm royalty i haven't been created to live only in this low life i have been created to live in this life victorious over every circumstance, every situation, every fiery trial of the devil that may come into my life. I have been created to be victorious over it. Glory to God. For you are all sons and daughters of God. Let me try to say it like this. You are a chosen generation a royal priesthood that you should show forth the praise of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. In other words, you're somebody special. God loves you. He created you. He designed you specifically the way that you are for such a time as this. Some people said to me, they said, Preacher, you, you ought to have been alive two generations ago. Some people have told me, they said, that whenever you get older, you'll settle down and you won't preach and carry on the way that you do. But I don't know, maybe that's the way it's supposed to work, but it's working backwards on me. Because the more that I get to know him, the more that I believe him. The more that I begin to see what he wants to do in my life, the more that I know that it's not of my works that any man should boast, but I've got a bloodline. Oh, hallelujah. I've got a bloodline. I've got a source. It's inside of me. You may look at me and say you look weebly and wobbly. You may look at me and say you don't look like much, but I want to tell you like I tell my church, if it looks like I'm losing, just keep on watching, baby, because I always win and I never lose I'm not going to quit halfway I'm not going to give up because the greater one lives on me and I refuse to quit I'm like a bulldog I'll get a hold of it in the spirit and say I'm not going to quit until I get everything that God said belongs to me I'm here tonight to tell you that you've got more than what you have obtained there's more you prayed more prayers you have more shed shed many more tears than the harvest that you've got but I've come with good gospel news tonight to remind you to hold on just a little longer because help is on the way and that help is going to come in the strength of the spirit and he's going to bring about everything he has ever promised in your life if you believe it give him a little praise right here tonight Oh, come on and praise him. Praise him like you're a champion. 
Praise him like you know that victory is on the way. Praise him like you believe the miracle is in your life. Hallelujah. <laughs> hey. You see, we're just, we're suffering from mistaken identity. Because whenever people look at us, they look at the, the, the one that is from Adam. But whenever we look into the spirit, we know that we're not the one from the Adam. Pastor referred to it earlier. The first Adam and the last Adam. And whenever the accuser of the brethren comes, he never relates to us as that a being of God. But he relates to us as being of Adam. And whenever he takes us to the courts of heaven and he begins to accuse the brethren, he talks to us all the time about us being in Adam, not us being in Christ. And I can see as the enemy comes and tries to accuse us and he said, begins to talk about all of our shortcomings. He talks about our weakness. He talks about our failure. He talks about all the things that we have done wrong in our life. And now I can see that I have a great counselor, but I've also got one that is speaking on my behalf. And whenever I see that Jesus, my elder brother, rises in the courtroom of heaven, he says, God, there is a mistaken identity here because now he is talking about this man that is in Christ and he did everything he said he had done. But now he is no longer in Adam, but now he is in Christ. He has accepted me as my Savior and Lord. And so therefore, there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. And so now I am not going to be held a man guilty of the sin and the shame of yesterday, but now I've came by Calvary's cross and I've been washed in the blood of Jesus. I've got spiritual DNA of heaven that lives in my oh, hallelujah. I can't help but to get happy about it because I'm not just bound to what is in this world. I have a spiritual DNA of heaven that flows through my life. Royalty. Royalty. Victors. Champions. No longer am I in the blood of Adam, but I am in the blood of Christ. And now I know by the blood of Jesus Christ that I am royal blood. The powerful blood. <laughs> the blood of Jesus. And every time that your heart beats, every time that it beats on the inside of you, you know what it's saying? Champion. 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 You're a champion. You're a victor. I know the enemy wants you to hide behind the barn, but you're a victor. You're a champion. You've been designed. You've been created. You have the blood. You have the DNA on the inside of you to win every battle. Amen. But if you don't know it, you'll live through this life defeated. 
You go through this life discouraged and disappointed. But when I know who I am, if I was a singer, I would sing. For it reaches to the highest mountain and it flows to the lowest valley. It's the blood that gives me strength from day to day. It will never lose its power. Oh, it reaches to the highest mountain and it flows to the lowest valley. It's the blood that gives me strength from day to day. It will never It's power. And that's the reason I can go into my tomorrow confident. That's the reason why I can face my adversary eyeball to eyeball and say I know in whom I have believed. And I am fully persuaded that he is able. I said he is able. I said he is able to keep me till the day of redemption. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm done. I told you I was going to be short-winded. I just come to tell you tonight you're a champion. I just come tonight to tell you you are victorious in every situation. I come tonight to call you blessed, highly favored of the Father. To tell you there is royalty in your blood. And so therefore you ought not accept anything but victory. Amen. Why accept anything less? You come from a long line of champions. You come from a long line of victors. And tonight I want you to stand in his presence. And know that he has called you and he has created you and that his blood flows through your life and because of that you are a victor amen you are a victor I'm going to convince somebody tonight you are a victor in Christ Jesus amen I know I haven't come to say anything new tonight, but I come to stir up your mind by the way of remembrance, let you know and remind you where you came from. And when you know where you came from, it'll give you confidence for your now to believe God for your future. Amen. And so tonight, I want you to believe God to do something supernatural in your life tonight. What have you been believing God for? And it seems like they tell me sometimes, they say, you're too extreme. You you, you believe you'll get way out there and you believe for too much. What is it in your life you've been believing for, but it seems like it's out of your reach? But when you begin to realize who you are in Christ Jesus, you'll understand that he brings everything in your reach. 
And he creates it so that you can have victory in that place of your life. So tonight, I don't know who I may be coming to talk to, and it may just be a reminder tonight to stir up the gift of God on the inside of you. But I believe tonight that God wants to do something wonderful in your life. You are the seed of Abraham. I said, you're the seed of Abraham. Whenever I was in Africa, and I went into a village, it was a village that um, they said when I got to the village, they all started running. And they ran and they hid. And my interpreter said when we got there, they said that they thought I was a ghost because I was the first white man they'd ever seen. And I said, where is the headsman? Where's the man in charge of this village? And they said, oh, he's, he's over there in the, his house. He's, he's on a bed. And, and so I went in there. And before I could go in there, he, he got his roots and he shook them and he blew his powder around. And then he invited me into his hut. And he was laying on a mat on the floor in that hut. And he, I asked him, I started asking him if they, he knew about Jesus. And they said to me, they said, we heard about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but we do not know who he is. I said, I got good news for you. I know who he is. And by faith, I asked that headsman, I said, why are you, why are you sick? And he said, I've went to the witch doctor. He said, I've tried voodoo and witchcraft. None of it could heal me. And by faith, I told that man, I said, the God that I serve is able to heal you. And this is what he said. He said, if your God is able to heal me, then I must serve him. And my interpreter tells me this, and he got so excited. He said, oh, this is getting good. This is getting good. I said, yeah, it's about to get better. And I just prayed a simple little prayer. And I said, God, They've heard about you, but they don't know who you are. And I'm just asking you today to heal this man so that this village will know that you are the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I pray that little simple prayer. And through the interpreter, I told him to tell that man to get up off of the bed. He had been there, I think he said, eight years. And the, that, the, through the interpreter, he told him, and the man rolled over, and he got on his knees, and he looked kind of excited, and then he stood up on his feet, and he started testing it out, and he started going up and down like this, and then he went and got out of his hut. He started walking around the village, then he started jumping, and then he started running. What I didn't tell you is they cut the tent down the night before. <laughs> I couldn't get nobody in there. And that's the reason I was out there in the villages with a bullhorn trying to stir up something. And they cut our tents down. And then that night we put the tent back up. And I said, well, how come these people aren't coming? They said, didn't they tell you? And I said, tell me what? They said they killed three three. Uh, Americans here last month for preaching the gospel. I said, oh, yeah, that's good. But that night they came and that, that headsman brought, com commanded his whole village to come and to hear the gospel. 
And whenever the gospel was preached that night, I'm not exaggerating, I'm not speaking evangelistic, but every single one of those people in that village came to the altar and accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. He found me afterwards. It was, I could tell, show you, it was on the left side of the platform when I came off. And he came to me and through the interpreter, he said that we have accepted Jesus as our Savior. And now we need you to send somebody to come and teach us about him. That's the power of the gospel. I said, that's the power of the gospel. But let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. I don't believe it just works in Africa. The same God that did it there, he can do it here. I believe that cities can be saved in a night. I believe a nation can be turned around to worship God again. To know that he is Jesus Christ. He is El Elyon, the most high God. Amen. And I'll tell you something else I believe. I don't know if Juliet's here or not, but I believe the same God that opened deaf ears in Zambia is the same God that's able to open this baby girl's ears. He's no respecter of persons. He's not limited to a nation. He's the God of this universe. His power is real. <laughs> I said his power is real and it lives on the inside of you. It lives on the inside of me. Glory to God. And I'm telling you tonight that God is real. He lives in our soul and he wants to do something supernatural, but he won't do it without you. Amen. I said he won't do it without you. Glory to God. Have I not told you that I will show myself strong among you? I say to you this night that you are not waiting upon me, but I am waiting upon you. Look to me this night and I will give you the strength. I will give you my anointing. I will give you my power and my spirit. And I will show you the work of my spirit flowing through you to demonstrate my power in this day, says the Lord. And I will reveal my hand in power and in might and in strength. And people will know that I am the God of heaven. Not only in other countries, but here in this place, says the Lord, I will reveal my power to you. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Is this Juliet? Amen. Can we just come over here? Praise God. Hallelujah. She sure is pretty. <laughs> Glory to God. 
Hallelujah. Can we pray for her tonight? Come on, just stretch your hands this way. Father God, I thank you tonight that you are the creator of all things. You created this beautiful child. And tonight, God, you have given us authority in the earth. And now I take authority over this deafness that are in these years. I bring it under the authority that God has given me. And in the name of Jesus, I believe you, God, to even create eardrums. <laughs> There's nothing too hard for you. We're not trying to talk you into it. We're just here to receive what you've already paid for. Our healing is already paid for. Juliet's hearing is already paid for. And now, God, we thank you <laughs> that these deaf ears will be unstopped and be opened and creative miracle will take place. And God, that doctors will marvel at the handiwork of God. <laughs> Father, I thank you for this tonight in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God, I thank you. Can I get 10 people that will dare to believe with me that this baby girl's ears have come open and that we're going to see it? Hallelujah. We're going to see it. We believe you for it, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Folks, it ain't nothing difficult. It's nothing hard. It's already been paid for at Calvary. Glory to God. The price has already been paid. Healing is already ours. And we thank you for it tonight, God. We give you praise for it tonight, God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. We give you praise, we give you glory, we give you honor for you. You being a daughter of Abraham, ought not your ears be open? 
In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's just worship him right here. Come on, let's just thank him. Let's just thank him. Lord, we worship you. We thank you for this atmosphere. Hallelujah. We anticipate. We expect it. We believe it. Hallelujah. I've seen a lot of miracles, but I've never seen anybody receive a miracle where worship wasn't happening. When people begin to worship, it creates an atmosphere for miracles to take place. Come on, let's worship him. Let's worship him. Just lift up your voice and worship him tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Declare that over yourself. Declare that over yourself.
I want to do one more thing tonight and maybe just sing this chorus one more time. But I wonder how many people today in this place tonight are struggling with a mistaken identity. The enemy has always wanted to bring up your past. He wants to talk about where you have been and what used to be. He doesn't want to let you free from it, but tonight you're in Christ. You've come by Calvary. The blood has been applied to your life, but the enemy wants to keep on bringing up the things that you did when you were in Adam. But tonight you need to know who you are. You need to know that you're a son, you're a daughter, you're the seed of Abraham that victory, royalty is in your life. And I believe tonight that God wants you to leave out of here with confidence, knowing who you are. So you can make a difference in your home. So you can make a difference in your workplace. So you can make a difference in this city and impact the world. Amen. I wouldn't feel like I was finished unless I gave that invitation to you tonight. And maybe John and the ladies, whoever was singing that, could sing that chorus just one more time. And if you say, yes, that's me, then I just want you to come quickly. And I want to pray with you tonight, believing God is going to minister to you in a special way, a powerful way. I'm calling out the Gideons.
lift your voice and cry out Awesome is our strong God Mighty is our God Yes, sing out Raise your hands and shout out He's our strong God Mighty is our God Yes, sing out Are still being raised, 
Hallelujah. Can I get this room to give God glory for just a moment? Can you just give God glory for a moment? Hallelujah. You know, it seems like that revival, we paint pictures of what revival's like. Sometimes we don't understand the full image of how revival comes. Revival has always come in the moment of, of adversity. The early church faced it. Many, we could go through all the different things they faced. And it was very, it, there was great persecution that actually caused the church to have revival in the early days. And it's the same thing in our day. All of the different things that many of you have been going through with all of the different diseases that's hitting the people and people are struggling and the, the economy's falling and people's jobs are hard and difficult and we wonder what in the world's going on. It is the prelude to revival. That's what it is. Uh, somebody said, uh, well, you know, the principalities and powers and rulers of darkness seems to be invading everywhere. That's a sign because they know they're in trouble, they're losing ground, and God is prevailing in the earth. How many believe that? Do you believe that? But then you begin to see it in a natural sense. I've not said anything about it because I don't want to alarm the people, and I don't want you to be afraid. But just here not too long ago, uh, some of the saints come in and got me and said, we got a problem. I said, what's the problem? And they said, we got a, a car pulled up and we didn't notice who got out of it, but their license plate says witch. We got a witch that's attending the church. I said, well, good. Hallelujah. We got a witch attending the church. We know what witches do. They are brought by assignment. That's what they do. They get in their little group of people and they'll assign them to different churches so that they'll come in and they'll cast spells and they will they will try to stir up strife and they will try to get into the inner workings of the church and try to destroy it. And everybody says, aren't you alarmed? Not at all. And I want you to know that service, we, they decided that we'll, they would get out in the parking lot early to see where this, who this witch was that was going to get in the car. So maybe there was one, maybe there was two, maybe there was three, they didn't know. Said, we're going to get out there early to see who gets in the car. So as soon as service is let out, we're headed out there. We're going to find out who's in that car so we can keep an eye on them. That's going to be a good idea. And so they went out there. And by, right at, I mean, before the service was even over, and they just couldn't take our services. They had already hightailed it and left in the name of Jesus. And I'm here to tell you, I believe that every witch that comes in with an assignment is going to get saved. I believe they're going to be delivered. I believe they're going to be set free. Come on, every sorcerer that walks in that tries to bring havoc to the continuity of this church, they'll be bound in the name of Jesus. and They'll be set free by the blood of the Lamb, and they'll, they'll become believers themselves. You say, are you really believing it's getting that serious? Oh, it's been that serious all along. And right now, we are in one of the greatest moves of God that we've ever been in. Keep it going. Keep it going. It, we, we're just starting, folks. It's the beginning. Can I have it? Ain't something that's about to happen. It's happening. Notice it. It ain't going to happen without opposition. Don't mean your circumstances are all going to change. But it means God's working, God's moving. How many enjoyed the message tonight? Oh, how, oh. hallelujah. Oh, man, I can preach right now. I'm telling you, I can preach right now. The Holy Ghost is in this room. Do not doubt who you are. We are the children of God. We're a city set on a hill. God placed us right here. 1400 Herschel Best Boulevard on a hill 
one of the highest elevations in town to be a light to this dark place. The palace of praise is a light on a hill for all to come and see Jesus Christ, the risen lamb. Let's love him, let's worship him, let's praise him, let's keep believing. And if you didn't get your miracle night, don't walk out of here discouraged, say, woo, I'm just another day closer to the miracle. It's happening, it's working in my life, and I'm not giving up until it is finished, until it is done in Jesus' name. Turn around and look at somebody and say, you're in a spirit of revival, whether you like it or not, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah.